All right. Welcome to the Gay Men Going Deeper podcast, a podcast by the Gay Men's Brotherhood, where we talk about everything personal development. I am your host, Matt Lancedale, today, and we are joined by Cristiano Green. Welcome. Yes. <laughs> um, so today we are going to be talking all about gender identity. Um, we're going to be unpacking kind of the difference between gender and sexuality, uh, looking at how it's a spectrum, not a construct, uh, gender fluidity, talking about gender energies and kind of the social constructs of how we, uh, you know, talk about and how we frame gender in, in, in our culture, um, looking at possibly um, feminine rising and how some of this is inciting shame, especially within people who over-identify with masculine and uh, looking at, at what type of stereotypes that are, we have ingrained into our conditioning that are going to, um, that are holding us back from embodying and embracing the feminine energies. Um, so I'm really excited to have Cristiano here. He is an identity and mindset coach and uh, a lot more of other things. So I'll, I'll let you share uh, what you're up to in a little uh, story about who you are and what you're about. So. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you, first of all, Matt, uh, for having me on the podcast. I'm mm -hmm. excited to join in here and have a open discussion about sexual identity and gender identity, because I think it's super important for us to understand this, um, because it is becoming more important that people really can feel confident and comfortable to identify as who they are and feel okay with that without judgments from others. You know, there's enough judgment well, outside of our community. So it's really good for us to be able to understand all the different spectrums of that rainbow that we are, so that we can help to um, share that love and pride that we all feel that we deserve to have in our life. Mm. So um, as you said, yeah, I am a identity and mindset coach and I predominantly work with gay men, but I do have clients across all of the LGBTQIA plus spectrum there. Um, and so basically what my mission is, is I'm, I'm here to help um, people become unstoppable leaders in their life, be able to create connection within their life, but mainly within the gay community or the, like the whole community, because I feel like there is a problem with us being able to connect within our community because of, you know, stuff that's happened in our lives. So I really help people to be able to find that out and also fit, um, bring passion and fulfillment back into their lives. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's an important topic to talk about today. And I'm like I said, I'm excited to have it. Yeah, right on. I'm, I'm glad that you're here. Um, so we actually connected. Um, I'm not actually I'm not sure how we connected. We connected on Facebook, but you, you were in the brotherhood. And then, like I said, there was uh, some stuff that was that came up around people talking about a comment about what is non-trinary mean. And um, it brought up a lot of heated discussion you weren't even aware of this and then the next day you posted this whole beautiful post about um different gender um information that's really helpful for the group so i was like yeah this is a perfect opportunity to get you on here and start unpacking some of these things because there's a lot of people in the uh, just because we identify as gay doesn't mean that we understand the spectrum of gender gender identity right so this is this is good so um why don't we first start by just kind of unpacking the main the main premise of what we're going to be talking about? So the difference between gender and sexuality, how it is a spectrum, not a construct. What does that mean to you? Yeah, perfectly good. Good. What good, uh, good way to start for us. So um, let's start with what I would say is gender identity is. So I think a lot of people think that gender identity is kind of you know this binary concept. You're either male or you're either female. Or, you know, we all know that there are those people out there who are transgender that they think they fall in the middle or they 
think that that person is just someone who doesn't believe they're in this body or they although or, or even worse some people don't fully understand that at all so to me what i would say is gender is a construct it's a spectrum right so we all know that there are the male and, and the female masculine and feminine energies right and we all know that at different times in our life we can all tap into both sides of those things we definitely had moments in our life where as gay men we are super masculine and we are definitely also aware that we can be super feminine as well like there's that whole concept of being camp right mm -hmm. and you know for someone outside our community being camp is on the feminine side right that's what people would assume and Within yeah. our community, I would like to sometimes beg to differ that that is always the case, right? Because sometimes being camp is also about more of that ego side of you sometimes because you're trying to, you know, sometimes put on that performance as well. You know, you can be strutting down and, you know, you've got your sassiness and, you know, you know, especially within, you know, drag queens and, and that scene, you know, you've got that shadiness stuff. That's sometimes what people might class as feminine, but it also can be really tapped into a masculine energy because there's sometimes some ego attached to it. So for me, what I would say is gender is a spectrum. There is no someone who is all one way or all another, but someone might define themselves that way. And that's what we have to really understand is that gender is not something that someone else can really define us as because we get to decide how we feel about ourselves and identify with ourselves. So Gender is, like I said, um, it can be that I am male or I can be female or it can be I am both or it can be that I feel like I am neither. So it's about understanding that people get that opportunity to define themselves that way. And it's really about really what you see and what you want to identify with, because, you know, I would class myself as someone who is gender fluid there. I mean, that spectrum, I can definitely have moments of my life where I know I have to step into my mask and I have to be um, someone who really kind of is that um, more authoritarian person, right? But then there's also times in my life where I really like to tap into my feminine. I really love to, you know, connect to people um, on emotional level and really kind of tap into that. And I really feel like I can flip between those really easily. It's not difficult for me I don't have to really think about it and that's why we class myself as a fluid because I can flow between them without even feeling like I need to define that it's quite simple for me to really go one way or another because I'm just trying to be myself and when I can allow myself to step into my fluidity and do that I'm open to all things that are coming my way because it's able to like connect to different people because I'm like, okay, now I can see where that person is, right? I don't have to label it, but I can notice where they're at. And that's kind of being able to tap into your um, gender identity there. Gotcha. Okay. I, I want to kind of summarize what you said, but in context and in theme, not word for word, because this is how I interpreted it. So right. sex, when we're talking about sex, we're talking about biology. Correct. And when we're talking about gender, we could be talking about psychology. We could be talking about energetic. And yeah. when, when people talk about, because I think this is where people get hung up. When we're talking about gender fluidity, they think that people can just move between the sex of gender, right? But when, when we're talking about gender fluidity, we're talking about moving between the psychology and the energetics of those gender energies. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, the, uh, the, the energy, the spiritual side, your mental side, emotional side, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Yes. And yeah, your sex, not sexual identity, is, yes, definitely how your, you know, your body is defined. Yeah. Like what you, what you have is, as your, you know, your 
your parts. But again, it doesn't always have to be because there are people who would say feel to themselves that they are, you know, in the wrong body. And so for them, their body may say something, but they may go through a process to change that. And still they might not be fully one way or another, but it's still about understanding that for that person, they've gone through a transformation in some level. So they're not always one way or another. That's why there is that transgender, because even though they see themselves as a male, that might be a female or a female might be a male or or somewhere in between on that spectrum, when they go through the change of life, it's still, they're still not fully naturally one way or another. But again, it's them going through that process, which means that they have decided to transition their gender. And it doesn't always have to be on a full 100% physical level, right? There's so many spectrums of even that that people can go through as well. Yeah, yeah. What, what's the biological meaning behind transgender? Do you, do you have any understanding around that? Uh, so yeah, so the, basically what, what's trans, like what people are who are transgender would have on a biological medal is that, for example, yeah, you have been born into uh, a body that you feel is completely different to how your mental state is. So your um, gender identity 100% is different to your, your physical makeup. So you have to then go through a transition. Again, some of them will go through just, you know, minor transitions because depending on, you know, their physical health or their age or depending on their circumstances, they might just start to feel like they represent themselves as the other gender. And some of them will go through a full um, transition on a medical scale to try to, you know, change all of their, you know, organs and their, their makeup through both cosmetic and internal work to actually shift it over there. So for, for a person who's medical, a medical term, it's them actually going through a, a sexual realignment surgery yeah. on some level. It doesn't have to be 100% weight. It could be small things like might, someone might just decide that they want to get breasts for themselves, but they might still not do anything else internally so it could be a cosmetic side of it but then again someone might decide the opposite and they might just decide that they want to do the 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 actual gender reassignment surgery internal but might not want to have all of that cosmetic stuff so it could be just about how someone feels what they need to do to be able to see themselves that way a lot of the times it's more what they can uh, other people can see so they might do stuff to their physical body on an external level but may not feel comfortable to the inside but it's about how they want other people to see them as well right yeah 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 wise that's that's a good way to articulate it um do you believe that all human beings are gender fluid just some people embrace it and some people don't i believe that if I was to say some one way or another, it would be naive of me to, to, to make that call because I can't <laughs> define anything else and I shouldn't be able to do that. Um, if, in my model of the world, like I would say yes, but I know that that's not true for everyone else. So I'd I like, for me, I feel that, that people will always do that. There's never going to be someone who's 100% always in one or the, another. So yeah. even if it's someone who might move 5% to the left, I think that's that does happen for everyone. But again, it's how someone defines themselves. I like my what they shift five percent that I notice. They may say I'm still hundred percent masculine, so I can't just say to that person you're not or you are. So yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Good, 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 safe political answer. <laughs> I yeah. and I, I would agree. I, I think we need to respect people where they're at on their journey. And I'll be a little bit more um, forward, and I think I'll say that I, I really believe that 
people, especially men, <laughs> are they use shame as a way to repress the feminine. And I, I believe from my personal beliefs, more so along, along the lines of spiritual beliefs that I think all human beings are born with dual gender energies. We all have masculine, we all have feminine. It's the yin and the yang. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think we could actually exist on this planet without the yin and the yang. And um, we, we learn to repress the feminine because we live in a patriarchal society where the feminine is subordinate. And um, we tend to carry that with us. And I see that, that a lot in, in gay men because I think we grew up really pulling back from being seen as feminine because that's the thing we want to avoid, right? We want to avoid people seeing us as femi or, or whatever it might be. So um, yeah, I, I really do think that everybody is gender fluid. And I think that the more that I reconcile my feminine, uh, mm -hmm. the more that I am becoming more gender fluid and I'm embracing this like more like supple and sensuous part of my being. And it's, it's quite beautiful, actually, this transformation that I'm going through around my gender and what that means to me. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I actually find that quite, it, well, that's very true about a lot of people within our community, the gay men's school, there will be a lot of shame that's built up, which can push them one way or another, actually, because I also know that there are people that as soon as they feel like they can come out as gay, they completely feel like they have to sometimes stump, jump into uh, like that stereotype or, or they fall into those things because that's what sometimes people put on them. Right. Yeah. Or they like, they are just naturally that way. And when they feel like that's their representation of what a gay person is or should be, they fall into that and then they get, you know, associated and proximity around a lot of people that are like them. And so then they struggle with their masculine because they feel like, okay, well, being gay means I have to be, you know, flamboyant, have to be extra, you know, or they also then feel shame to allow that part of them to tap in because people do label it as, you know, extra or flamboyant. And it doesn't have to be either one of those, right? Like I said, within that, um, the gay world, like the, the whole concept of camp doesn't necessarily have to be, like I said, a feminine part. It can also be quite a masculine thing because there's that thing of people who are like, especially with, within like, like I said, the drag community and, and people who are super camp. It's that, you know, sassiness, that shadiness. And again, that's not all just feminine as well, even though like it might come across as flamboyant, there is that ego side to it that can come out and play, which can be on more of the masculine side because you're, you know, it's like, you know, when someone is at a footy match, they, they're all pumped up. It's like you puff your chest a little bit as a little gay man. And that's that representation of how it could be as well. So um, it's interesting because, yeah, there's there definitely a lot of shame within the community, but it's funny how it can go sometimes one way or another as soon as someone starts to come to terms with their own gender, sexuality, you know, because there's that whole spectrum of people who can be representing themselves as non-binary or gender fluid, but still label themselves as, you know, gay or straight within those boundaries. So it's all a lot of interesting. That's why I think there's a lot of confusion because there is a big difference between someone's sexual identity as well, because um, we all know that, you know, there's the common ones that people have, you know, this, you are gay or you are lesbian or you are bisexual but there's kind of other stuff in between and again it's complicated because it's all defined by what someone decides for themselves right there can be people who are out there who define themselves completely as straight men but they have sexual relationships with men but they define themselves as straight because me being straight means i will be only in a relationship with a woman but i can have sex with a man 
Yeah. And so for them, they're not classing themselves as bisexual. And, and how, how are we to say to that someone, well, that's our representation of what bisexual is. But for them, they can say, well, I'm straight, you know. So again, it's a different thing because it is still self-isolated. But on a, on a wider spectrum, it is more about going, well, the definition of this is this. Yeah. So that's really a little bit confusing when you, you put the two, which is why sometimes people really <clears throat> don't really always understand gender versus sexuality as well. Yeah. Yeah. And what I'm hearing a lot from you is that you're, you, you value the importance of giving people space to create their own social constructs of what gender and sexuality means to them and making it less uh, maybe written in stone that somebody has to act within this framework of what it means to be a man or means to be a woman. Um, is that true? That's 100% true. Uh, like I said, I honestly feel like um, the problem that, you know, a lot of people do have is that sometimes they feel like they get pushed into a, a box or a label um, and then they get defined by either their own construct of what that is or what other people put onto them, right? So, you know, I'm sure, I, I don't know if this is, is common for you, but, you know, for me, I, like I said, I'm a mixture between that, that, the masculine and the feminine. So when I meet a lot of new people, they'll come up to me and, and one of their questions is, is, are you gay? And they ask it to you sometimes quite quickly as if it's like, you know, something that they feel like they need to know about you or that you should share with them, but uh, like it's a big deal. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. I have no problem at all with it, but I find that question can sometimes come with like a lot of judgment of what they think of gay men. Oh, look, because, you know, once they find out, they'll go, oh, I love gay people. Or they'll go, <laughs> oh, I've got a gay friend. Do you know this person? It's like, well, there's about, you know, 300,000, 400,000 gay people in Sydney. So, yeah, I'm sure I don't know your one friend that you know that you, you know, went to primary school with. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it can be quite funny when, when, when people ask that question because they don't, don't think they actually know what that actually can mean for um, some people and how it can be unfair for that. Because people don't go in and ask uh, when something to a straight man, who did you have sex with last night? Like, the, the, yeah. you, you would find those to be inappropriate. But on the, on the spectrum, it, it kind of is the same thing, right? You're asking some personal information about someone as if it's like, what do you do for work, you know? Mm. And not everyone feels like they want to be defined by that. And so when people are asking that question, it's because they're trying to define you and put you in a box and a label. And that's why it's difficult and why I think it's important for us to be able to define ourselves and not always have to feel like we have to explain or answer those questions. But it's a common question and it feels like it's socially acceptable to ask those questions. And it's uncomfortable, which makes some people then repressed and retreat within themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think human beings do that? I have my own theories, but I'm curious what your theory is. Why do human beings want to box people in, label them? I think it's that whole, they want to try to generalize people or try to find connection with people. And if they see something in someone, I think they want to be able to feel like they can either relate or try to see that now I know what this person's like. It's like, I think it's more clarity, but in some ways it's masked behind some sort of, they want to make that a, I guess, a, I'm going to use the word judgment because they're trying to make a judgment of this person, right? One way or another. And it could be good or bad and it could be conscious or unconscious. But I feel it's about someone trying to make that initial judgment because everyone, no matter what you say, when you meet someone, you make a judgment, good or bad, conscious or unconscious of that person it could be that first, you know we always say first impressions count right and so mm. there's so many different factors that play into it and so you know some people will have it because they're threatened by you and they want to know so that they get clarity 
or they just are interested in something about you or they could be furtherly interested and want to know. But yeah, I think it's down, it, it sparks from curiosity and judgment and sometimes it depends on what side is more prevalent, the energy coming from, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to, good way to put it. I think for myself, I would probably say the biggest reason I, I would see people doing that is for safety. Uh, they want to know how to show up in that uh, in the, which context to show up in with with that person because i think we're constantly looking at other people as mirrors to ourselves subconsciously and i think when we see somebody we want to know okay who are they what are they about so i know how to show up in front of them so then i don't look silly or i don't say something that's inappropriate or whatever so it's kind of like we're always looking to the other as a reference point to how we should show up and that's when people are really betraying their own authenticity is it's like, okay, I'm going to look at my external world and then I'm going to define myself based off of the external world for how I can show up. And I think when we stop doing that is when we really start to step into our authentic nature and we really um, we really celebrate who we are as opposed to just waiting for other people to give us permission to be who we are. It's a big part of totally. Yeah, I can totally relate to, to understanding what you mean about the, the mirror and, and people, like I said, using it to like I said, show up, see how they should show up, right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah, co completely right. When you step away from that and you show up regardless as who you are, there's that authentic side of you that comes out. And that's when you're tapping into your uniqueness and your abilities and not, like I said, letting the outside world define how you show up, right? It's more of that um, respond versus react, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, let's move into uh, gender energies. Let's talk about the energetics of gender. And uh, I'm curious, let's unpack the social constructs around masculinity first, and then we'll move into femininity. What are some of the, the, the across the board social constructs that most countries um, on this planet would be able to say, yes, this is what a man should be? That's a big question, right? What does the man be? Because again, yes, yeah, it's, it's about the like I said, social constructs, right? And yeah. um, like I said, they 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 people will think that men should be the dominant people. People think that men should be um, unemotional as as much as possible. They think that the the emotional on that spectrum is on the feminine side, right? So if you're more um, logical and more real realistic that's more on the masculine side right so you're being in that energy when you're like i said decisive making decisions often often so people who are when people are saying leadership people would necessarily think of men over women right and if you look at predominantly in in the, the corporate and, and business world it's definitely swayed on on the male side even though it's getting better mm. and whenever i've had you know teams I've always tried to promote people on their on their own self, but I find that I do tend to promote women more because I think that I see that potential in them of the, the leader that comes out, and I, I understand the, the both sides of it, but definitely feel like it's that leadership side, it's that dominant side, it's that um, more ego side as well. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's more of that reactionary side over that responsory side, which is probably more on the feminine side as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I would agree with everything that you said. And um, I think as we 
as we unpack our conditioning, that's exactly what we're working with. Everything you just listed there, that is what this planet is working with right now. And um, a lot of women are unpacking their conditioning around what it means to be masculine because they're, they have felt pressure to embody these traits if they want to be successful. And I think men are also going through this, this, I don't want to call it a breakdown, but I want to call it a rising of the feminine, actually. And the masculine is having to learn how to accommodate the presence of the feminine within our own energetic fields, but within the collective energetic field, I think this is taking place. So yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's heavy. It's heavy stuff because everything is so tied in to how we view ourselves around gender. You know what I mean? And I, how I choose to show up in, in, in my life really, really depends on how much I'm willing to be witnessed in my feminine. Right. And that's a big part of what I'm grappling with right now in my life is like, how safe am I to show feminine qualities around certain groups of people? Right. And it's no different than my, me being gay. Like there are certain groups of people that I wouldn't feel safe with being openly gay. I still would. Cause I don't, I'm at that point now where I don't care, but there, my safety level, my nervous system would feel a little different than if it yeah. were to be with other people. Um, yeah. So we're adaptable, we're adaptable people in life. And so we understand that even though we know, and we tap into our masculine and feminine, we're also human and biologically set up to be adaptive to situations for correct safety reasons right mm -hmm. so if we're in the situation it's not like we're not being ourselves but we also know that there's also a level of how much i feel like i want to show here because i don't always feel safe and comfortable to do so and if i'm not safe and comfortable then that's also sometimes okay to 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 take a step back but also realize is that your internal dialogue talking you know your limiting beliefs your fears around what other people perceive as you or is that in reality as well because there can be you know things that get caught up in that because we all have our own model of the world right and so we may be looking at someone and making that that you know judgment or curiosity about them and, and again we're using them as a mirror to sometimes how we show up as you said before right yeah yeah exactly yeah well okay what about women feminine the feminine energy so yeah so feminine is more on that nurturing side that more emotional side um the more caregiver the more people like i said i think they're more of the 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 thinkers they are more on the responding side to the reactionary side um they're more of the connectors they yeah. love connection yeah. there that's the feminine side in you um and they're also the people that will be able to um see more of the of behind the mask i think they can really look at a situation and read between the lines so again so will, if you're not showing up as who you are i think the feminine will be able to see that because they see the authenticity in people as well yeah yeah they're they're tuned into the energetics right Correct. when you're when you're slow down and you're in beingness I tend to find that I have a lot more connection to my intuition um, and that that definitely serves me very well. Because I think uh, what, when I think about masculine, feminine, I feel like masculine is very intellectual, logical in the mind and feminine is very much in the body and uh, we need both. They're so, so crucial. 100%, yes. And that's why, like I said, I try to make it my, one of my, you know, my missions like to be able to sh show up as who I am as much as possible in, in situations 
and allow myself to tap into both of them and not really, like I said, have to feel like I'm defining it. But I, like I said, if you look back and you do your reflections, you'll go, I can definitely see in that situation I was showing up more masculine or male feminine there because of the situation because we all play roles sometimes in life we have different roles right like yeah. you know we like we are within our community you know we, we can be gay we can decide, find ourselves as what we are but we can also be sons we can be mothers we can be employees we can be colleagues we can be leaders right so we have these different roles and sometimes like i said you do have to tap between the two energies depending on the circumstance that you're in and that still can be you being your authentic self but it's about understanding like that fluidity to know that I can step between the lines because, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I want to go into a juicy, a juicy topic. So um, topping and bottoming, <laughs> because I, I think that I, I do, I, I do the same similar work to you. I, I do coaching with gay men and this comes up a lot. And especially with, with gay men who are struggling with, um, em- embracing the feminine, they tend to carry a lot of bot- bottom shaming and um, and whatnot. So I'm just curious, what are your what are your thoughts on that, and what's maybe sort of advice would you give people if they're navigating that? I love the topic. <laughs> probably what a lot of people want to know about, right? Which is really why we're here. Yeah. Um, Honestly, if I'm going to be honest, I, I I was one of those people who had that that uh, that bottom shaming thing. I always felt like I, um, you know, I, I, it was curiosity in me, but I felt like I couldn't do that because it felt to me that I was going more well well into that submissive side. And you know, at that time in my life, I was um, trying to show up in the world to feel like I was trying to become, you know, seen as equal to straight men right because I mean you know when we we go through our different situations in our life and sometimes we are in situations where we feel like we have to prove ourselves a lot more which is a big you know problem within the gay community because they you know like I said they're feeling like I have to step up and be more manly or I have to step up and really um be a high achiever right like yeah. there's a it's a big achievement um more problem in, in the gay community and I say it's a problem because obviously not a problem to achieve but it's all about your intention at the end of the day, right? If you're achieving for your own personal reasons and you want to get someone, that's great. But if you're doing it because you're trying to please other people or to compete with other people, yeah. that becomes a bigger problem. So for me, that was what I had done earlier in my life before I kind of really dealt with some, you know, past stuff that, um, you know, was sitting there for a long time. And it was because of the way that I grew up. I grew up in a very straight world. I was one, I was what I call the only gay in the village, you know, there wasn't any other gay people. There was no um, role modeling of what a gay person was. I thought it was completely wrong to be this way. So mm-hmm. for a long time, again, I was doing a lot of stuff to try to feel like I, I, I was working 10 times as hard to be seen just as equal because yeah. people would see me as less than them. And so that's where I feel it comes from is that trying to be seen as equal even though not, that's not always consciously what everyone realizes, right? Because I wasn't always conscious of that. Um, so for me, I think that that bottom shaming comes down to that feel that they need is that it is tapping into something that maybe they're not ready to to address. So they do have. That's why there's also you know a lot of um, judgmental stuff within our own community as well. There's a lot of shaming within our own community between 
different classes of what gay men, because again, there's some subcultures of, of gay men, right? And so we all know that there's definitely a lot of that that happens where mm-hmm. this type of people are seen as the, the, the prim and proper, you know, the 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 hot, the masculine, buff guys are everyone's, the, the people that I talk to often see that that's who they feel like they see what a gay man should be. And if they're not mm. that, they have all this shame and guilt behind mm. it. And so then they have lack of connection with other gay men because they don't want to feel shame and guilt. So they repress themselves, retreat themselves within. Yeah. Um, but getting back to the the, the, the topic of the talking about <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it, it is prevalent in there because I think of, of shame and guilt around how they see themselves and how they feel they should see because of, again, either their own concept of, themselves within the world or themselves within the gay community as well yeah yeah so much so much juicy stuff in there and and it the very first thing you said reminded me of um you said submissive bottoming is we equate that to being submissive and i think that um that is the that's the conditioning that we feel and that we buy Mm -hmm. into when we're, when we're bottoming from a a masculine place that's unhealed. But when we truly embody our feminine and we bottom, you, you realize the power and the, the empowerment that you can feel because you're actually embodying a completely different energy, right? And that energy, the feminine energy is the energy of receptivity and it does not carry shame around that it receives and it receives well. And I think that's the biggest thing is when we reconcile our shame around, around embodying feminine energy, we become a lot better at bottoming <laughs> and yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Embrace your, embrace your stuff. And I think around the feminine, we become a lot more of a, of a, a present and in tuned top when we embody the masculine the true masculine, like it's, that's integrated with its feminine because we, we, we are able to tune into the other person's body and feel what feels good for them. We're not just ramming our dick inside them and, and, you know, going after what feels good for us. We're in tune with the other person's body and what feels good for them as well. So I just think integration of masculine and feminine is critical to make a good lover. Like some of the, some of the best lovers I've ever, um, had in my life are, are men who have integrated both the masculine and the feminine. It's that polarity, right? And uh, it's important and prevalent to find that within your, you know, your relationships, whether that's sexual or intimate outside of that there, because again, you can't all have too strong one way or too strong another way. It just doesn't match up there because there will be stuff that clash, right? And this is that whole thing of, you know, Who's the, who's the man and who's the woman that people class within a gay way, which is often commonly asked if, you, if you're in a relationship with another man and people meet you again, that's the question people ask. Oh, who's, the, who's the man and who's the woman? Because they, they have to see it that way. But the masculine and the feminine doesn't necessarily need to be male or female, you know, and that's, that's what people get mixed up with, right? Yeah. I would just answer that. I would just say it depends on which day, <laughs> right? Because it's like, that's the beauty of the versatility of masculine and feminine is you can, you can be whatever you want. You don't have to be boxed into this role. And it's so mm-hmm. limiting. Think about you're, you're missing out on uh, 50% of life's experiences if you're only allowing yourself to experience one gender energy because of shame or because of social constrictions. So yeah. And this is a huge learning for me and I'm still integrating feminine. I'm by no means a master at it. I'm still working on this, but uh, cause it's yeah. deeply seated in my conditioning to not 
um, you know, I also grew up in a, in a quite a masculine um, family, masculine place in the world, just things like that, played hockey growing up. And uh, so a lot of these messages around being gay and being feminine were highly shamed. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That's true. But that's also understanding that on the that that's straight, gay, um, lesbian, those, those types of relationships, all of that it works across. This is not just us talking to totally. to, to gay men. This is across the board. So yeah, it, it, relationships people definitely jump between it, and it's powerful, and we see it there. And you know, I love to see um, a woman who can stand up to her man and be masculine and, 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 and a man who then will allow that to happen and let their woman to, to shine as well. Cause it doesn't always happen, but when it does, it's really, you see that beautiful connection there because it is allowing each other to be who they are in that moment. And again, responding to that energy as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what advice do you have for gay men? Because this is a podcast for gay men. So I want to keep it specifically to that. What advice do you have for gay men who are struggling with integrating their feminine? Where can they start? Um, where can they start? Well, again, it's a journey, right? So, you know, a journey starts with a single step, right? So you, you're not always going to be able to, you don't, you don't want to jump straight to, all the way in because again when we go full in sometimes we, we can't handle it and we've we'll chewed back further than we were before so it's about understanding and tapping into and allowing yourself to do this it might be you know watching something and looking up gay culture and, and who are who are the people that you can look up to that could be a role model for you and understand what are the qualities that you see in them like because we all we might all say that we we are super masculine but we also you know within ourselves we'll have these kind of there'll be people that we might be drawn to that we like. So there, there could be super masculine men that still love to watch drag shows, right? It could mm-hmm. be something entertainment. It's about going, what is it about that person or that thing that you enjoy that you feel is something that you could see within yourself? Because again, what we like and what we don't like in other people is that mirror that we have. So it's about having that, bringing up those things to your conscious awareness so that you can actually then make your decisions on it instead of, living that unconscious life of, of like oh yeah i'm so masculine but then like i really love this here but it's my little secret that i don't tell everyone about, right <laughs> yeah everyone has little secrets <laughs> i'm not going to tell everyone i love it but you know kind of, everyone's fucking going yes and, and watching you know their, their things or whatever it is like you know yeah. every time they're just to, to understand it but yeah. it's i think it's really to look into those things that you are interested in and understand why that is yeah. and be like what it, and really understand why you feel like you're not showing up that way. So yeah. I think it's getting clarity is the first step. It's just really seeing what you do and don't like. And, you know, I think when you have a, a conversation with someone else, you might find how easy it is that you're not the only person that feels that way, right? Yeah. So it's being, be also being confident enough to, you know, to bring up a topic with, with other people that you know. Or like if you know someone in your community or someone you work with that is, that way because you'll find that sometimes in, in a working environment there'll be those people there there might be a couple of gay people in the office and if there's someone who's again that masculine one and the feminine it's usually the masculine one who doesn't want to be seen around the the feminine one because they won't want to be associated that way mm. and so it might be that the opportunity for someone who's super masculine if they have someone in their life that they are you know retreating from or pushing away that maybe they do 
to start to have a conversation with them and, and feel like they can, you know, understand their model of the world a little bit better because that might help them to understand theirs as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Good advice. Good advice. I want to add on to that actually, because it's uh, just kind of sharing from my own personal experience around this. And I think one of the things that helped me the most is really um, kind of what we've been doing in this podcast is really just unpacking the the biases, unpacking the stereotypes, unpacking the conditioning that we mm-hmm. have around what it means to be masculine and feminine. And I think for yeah. men who are struggling with in, embodying the feminine, it's usually because they've they've incorporated the feminine into some short sort of shadow aspect of themselves. And I would say it's really important to look at, okay, what is it that triggers me about the feminine or about gay men showing up in the feminine and then working backwards from there, um, owning our projections. Because I think for me, I was really triggered growing up by drag queens. I thought it was the worst thing in the world and I was disgusted by them, to be honest. And um, I was, it didn't, it wasn't until I got older that I was able to reconcile why. And it was because I was rejecting the feminine within me. And then once I started to, to, to look at the feminine differently, I started to soften how I looked at people who were embodying what I wish I could have been embodying. Um, And I think now where I'm at in my journey is I'm looking at it as like, what am I, what am I missing out on um, in the feminine? Like what, because if I just stay, stay stuck in my rigid masculine, what am I missing out on that? I'm not going to get to experience if I don't embody the feminine. And there's so many beautiful things, right. That you miss out on. So I would say to people where you can start is start writing those things down. Like what, what are the aspects of the feminine that you think are neat that you'd like to embody? They don't have to be all like the effeminate qualities because nurturing someone isn't effeminate, right? So do you want to be more nurturing? Do you want to be more loving? Do you want to be triggered less and in ego less, right? That's embodiment of feminine. We, we find that we're less triggered when we're in feminine. So that's, that would be my, my suggestion for people. I love that. And I love what you mentioned about the fact that you were triggered and had issues and found that with drag queens but when you really tapped into it it was because you wanted to see some of the qualities of their feminine that you hadn't tapped into and that was what really where your judgment was because people often don't realize that their judgments are often for two things one they see that person in themselves they don't like that or they see something in that person that they are rejecting and it triggers them so yes. from that point i think to be i like really tapped into because that is a big thing of, of within our community where we chain within our communities because we either see one or the other we don't like that within ourselves at this point so we judge the other people or like you said we see them and we're we're too afraid to be that way so we judge them and and push them away and bring them down you know yeah yeah exactly maybe one day i'll do drag <laughs> that'll be of the course. full reconciliation yeah yeah, I'll do it. I'll raise money for charity. That's what I'll do. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Is there anything else that you think is important to touch on uh, before we start landing the plane here? Look, for me, like I said, the most important thing here is that no one else should ever, ever, ever make you feel like they should define you as who you are on any level but we're talking today about gender and your sexual identity you get to define it as how you see it and that means that you should be exploring and understanding all of the spectrums of 
the, the gender identity and sexual identity and all the colors of the rainbow because sometimes we don't understand things and we don't really understand ourselves fully until we do get to see these things because there are so many spectrums there. And when you really get to know them, you can actually find that you might see yourself within one of those communities or subcommunities, right? And that might also help you to really get clarity on your own path, right? So mm. I would say getting the knowledge is going to give you the clarity you need to kind of see how you fit within the world. And like I said, don't let someone else define who you are because that's your job and it's uh, it's not theirs. And again, on the flip side of that, if you don't want to be judged and defined, don't do it to other people because we, um, we as gay men should be helping each other rise up. I think there's too much of us bringing uh, others down because of what, what we're talking about. We have to see something in them that we don't like within ourselves or mm. to see something that we, we, we wish we could be. And we should be trying to bring others up because when we bring others up, we rise up as well. So, yes. you know, you mentioned that very important early in, the, in the, the piece about rising up together and masculine and feminine should be the same. We should be able to allow both to rise up because if we can tap into both of those, the potential for our life is you know exponential because there is so much we can do and so much we can be and so much we can have because of that and the connections you'll have with other people within your community will be um next level because you've been able to tap into both sides of it and you're seeing yourself and understanding what it is those your triggers and not bringing that into your connection with other people yeah yeah, I love that. And I love what you said about judgments, because it's so true. If you don't want to be judged or feel judged, then stop judging other people. And I'm going to take it a step further. And I'm going to say the judgments that you have towards other people are energetic judgments towards yourself. <laughs> why are you why are you triggered by that person? Because it's something in you. So if you stop judging others, you're energetically stopping judging yourself, you're doing yourself a service by by not being judgmental of others. That's a huge, huge lesson I've learned on my spiritual journey. So thank you for for reminding me. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I love that. It's so yeah. true. Yeah. Mm. Um, and yeah, I want to give you an opportunity to share a little bit about um, what you have going on if uh, or a little bit about your business. Is there anything that you feel is important for the listener to know about you and what you're up to uh, professionally? Yeah, yeah, actually, I um, so I run a, uh, a seven day three mindset mastery uh, course that helps people to get out of a fixed mindset and understand what a growth mindset is so that they can tap into and understand that. Um, I help people focus on in improving um, self-confidence and understanding that it is a skill set. You know, confidence is a skill set that people can master if they understand and tap into those energies there as well. We also jump into talking about how to set really clear goals, understanding how we can turn those dreams that people have into reality, um, along with really understanding that what it takes to change your life is all about how you see yourself and your model of the world. So it's a lot about identity. So I've got one coming up in April on the um, on the 13th of April in, in, in Sydney time, which is the 12th, starting on the 12th in uh, USA, Canada, et cetera. So I'm excited for that. Um, so if anyone wants any information about that, feel free to reach out to me. Amazing. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I just want to say thank you for... Um, giving us an hour of your time to come in and educate us on gender and sexual identity. Um, yeah, lots of wisdom there and, and appreciate the enthusiasm, the enthusiasm that you bring to the topic. So yeah, it's contagious. <laughs>
Thank you, Matt. I really appreciate that. I love talking about this type of stuff here um, because, like I said, I've, I've done my work to, to jump in to help me get my clarity. So if I can help someone else, then, you know, that's a blessing, right? It's all that pay it forward. I'm, I'm all about trying to pay it forward. If I can, if someone's helped me to get clarity on my life, then, you know, it's my mission to try to get to help, help someone get clarity on theirs as well. Yeah. Yeah. I like that mentality as well. Cool. And I want to obviously thank the listeners for tuning in to another bonus episode from the Gay Men Going Deeper, a podcast by the Gay Men's Brotherhood, where we talk about everything personal development. Uh, if you're tuning in on YouTube, please let us know in the comments, what are your thoughts, your feelings about this topic? If you have any questions for Cristiano, please drop them below and uh, we'll make sure that he, he's able to answer those. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast network, please like and subscribe to the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. Much love to you all and have a beautiful day. See you guys. See ya.